0: So now that we've had time to get over the craziness that was Sunday Night Football, got some time to look back at the film. And I do think that there is actual hope for Ben Roethlisberger to get back to some level of playing very good quarterback or even just good quarterback level for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's vital that he does if they want to make a run this year. Again, I'm not even talking about Super Bowl. I'm talking about getting back into the mix. They're currently the eighth seed in the AFC playoffs. But I think that he could be a big factor into them getting right back in the mix in the coming weeks. It's going to be a serious challenge. But let's talk about it right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host Chris Carter bringing you your daily dose of all things of the Pittsburgh Steelers as always this show is brought to you or as uh, as you can find this show excuse me on Apple Spotify Google Podcasts, Odyssey and YouTube if you're watching this video on YouTube hit the like button please hit the subscribe button to the YouTube channel all those things really help us out but let's get into the nitty gritty here because oh by the way we thank you for making us your first podcast listen every single day check out all we got on the on the lockdown podcast network because we have a lot of great content there for all of our listeners and viewers now let's dive into Ben roethlisberger because you know I went over all the details and the instant reactions of Sunday night football Sunday night going into Monday morning but now that we've had time to kind of digest things take a step back we can look at okay What's actually, you know, what what's actually what, what actually is the deal right now uh, with the Steelers? Well, you know, let's let's take some analysis into how they played in this game. And one thing's for sure, Ben Roethlisberger, this is the best that he saw the field. I said that that that, that night up, but now we finally have all the passing charting in and the official numbers and everything. When you look back. At, and I, I want to say the his previous game before I say what it was in this game so that you understand the magnitude of what where a difference level was. When the Steelers played the Bears, Ben Roethlisberger threw in between the numbers, according to the past charting of Pro Football Focus, he um, threw in between the numbers beyond the line of scrimmage a total of 11 times. He completed five of those passes for about 84 yards. So 11 attempts, five completions, 84 yards. Okay, cool. Against the Chargers, that number went up significantly. Well, all those numbers went up significantly. He attempted 21 passes between the numbers beyond the line of scrimmage, completed 12 of them for 123 yards. Now, granted, no touchdowns there, and people are gonna say, "Well, Chris, 123 passing yards—that doesn't sound like a whole lot." Hang on there, partner. What he also, what he, what he does when, when that happens, that opens up the rest of the field. Now, those passes that he wants to throw down the sideline are hitting the flat. Now, defenders have to think. Wait a minute—if I just leak out there immediately, like defend defenses have been in recent weeks, if I just go right out there. I'm asking for him to hit the middle part of the field. This is what we've been. This is why we've been stressing that for Ben Roethlisberger to hit the the middle of the field. And I say we, it's because it's not just me. It's anyone that does content on the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you're a film analyst, if you're a beat writer, if you're a YouTuber, I, I'm sure anyone out there has said this. I'm not trying to take a unique spot here. I'm just giving y'all the facts. This is a a critical part of the Steelers' passing offense, and it needs to become a thing. And at least in this game, you started to see that come from Ben Roethlisberger. It helped convert third downs. It helped move the chains. And again, it forced defenses to think more. Again, that, that Chargers defense that they went up against, yes, it was the worst rushing defense in the NFL, but people kept skipping over. It's also the fifth best passing defense. Derwin James is a bad man. Nasir Adderley, I love what he brings to the table. Asante Samuel Jr., they got ballers. Chris Harris Jr., they got ballers in that secondary. And then threw three touchdowns and no interceptions on them dudes. Now, of course, we can all joke about how he, and maybe it's just that he doesn't need to practice ever again because he didn't practice all week because he had COVID. But to me, I think maybe it was just a matter of stepping away from the game a little bit, getting a chance to refocus. Come back in because sometimes you're just ha- having if you're if you're a person who's ever trained at a skill. And I'm not saying that I've trained at a skill like the, to, to the level that Ben Roethlisberger has at all, but like, you know what I'm talking about, whether it's, you know, you're like trying to learn how to juggle or you're trying to master a musical piece or you're trying to do something stupid. So something, something, even stupid. Is if you're trying to learn a, a move in a video game, you'll practice it so hard for weeks or for hours or for however long you know that project takes, and you can't get it. You step away from it for a little bit. You come right back, and all of a sudden, it all clicks for you. Maybe that's what Ben's going through. And if you remember me on this podcast, I've said all this time I refuse to say that Ben was done or washed or anything like that, even when I was criticizing him, because I've criticized. I'm, I'm one of the people that I will be straight up about Ben. I won't hate on him, but I will let you know when he's messing up. And I said, I'm not going to declare this guy dead or or done or washed or any of those things that a lot of people want to do because it's fun and it makes good headlines because I didn't think that was going to be the case because I did think that Ben still had some performances like this in him. And we've seen it time and time and again. Look back to 2014 when the offense started clicking out of nowhere. He started putting up serious numbers. They found some things that worked, and then all of a sudden he was like, okay, this is what I needed to open up the offense. And then you loved Ben Roethlisberger with Todd Haley. 2017, that, that, that game against the Jaguars. After that, some things started to click, and then he went on a phenomenal tear for the Steelers. This is this this is who Ben Roth has been, has been all his career. He does hit some serious slumps that make you scratch your head, and I, the biggest, I guess, stressor here was that this slump was going to be, you know, was potentially the last slump because of how old he is. He's 39 years old. You don't know if this is just a slump or if this is just the he's done phase. I and mean, we we just saw quarterbacks like Eli Manning, Drew Brees, and other guys go through that phase. And Steelers fans were hoping that this wasn't it for Ben. It at least didn't look like that on Sunday Night Football. And yes, that pass to Chase Claypool that he hung in the air and it should have been a touchdown was a problem. But you can but you can flip that for a Deont- the the two passes to Deontay Johnson on that touchdown drive down the sideline and in the end zone. Both were perfect strikes with the just amount, the, the perfect amount of air time, the perfect placement, the heat on the ball so that only Johnson could get to them. He does have the potential. And this is again, this is what I said in training camp because this is what I saw in training camp. It's not that the arm stinks. He has to get back into his rhythm. And maybe that just takes time with Matt Canada. But maybe that's also the problem there because there's a lot of people saying, hey, Matt Canada, stop calling the plays. Penn's calling the plays now. I have some thoughts on that. Because I think that's actually a very interesting talking point that happens around this time of the year, every year, if you're a Steelers fan, when it comes to Ben Roethlisberger and his offensive coordinator. We're going to talk about that in just a minute here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm I'm your host, Chris Carter. Stick with us. Be right back real soon. And back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, keeping it rolling with you uh, on a Tuesday. Unfortunately, we couldn't have Tony Serino. Uh, we will have him on the Wednesday episode before Thanksgiving. Also, happy early Thanksgiving to all you out there. If some of you are traveling, travel safe. Uh, you know, I know airports and everything is, is going to be kind of wild with, you know, this is post-pandemic. I like guess still kind of pandemic, but you know what I mean. People are traveling for Thanksgiving this year, and it's a lot more open. Be safe. Um, but back to my part of the conversation. here. Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Canada. The offense wasn't clicking in the first half, really the first two two and a half quarters, and people were saying, "Oh, Matt Canada, he stinks." And listen, I'm not. This isn't me capping for Matt Canada right now. So hold on, I'm getting to my point. But as soon as the offense started working, I saw lots of tweets, lots of lots of comments, lots of lots of bravado from Steelers fans that were like, "Oh, this is Ben calling the plays now. He's calling the plays." And maybe he was I'm not to call I'm not calling none of y'all wrong or stupid or a liar, but I've now seen this with about four offensive coordinators. I remember when I was in college, people said that whenever Bruce Arians was the offensive coordinator, then all of a sudden things clicked. It was, oh, Ben's calling the plays. Then when Todd Haley came along, and you know at first he was, you know, people were saying, "Oh, his offense stinks because the Steelers weren't finding a way to click." Then all of a sudden they get they get Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown emerges, emerges. They get Martavis Bryant, and they're one of the best offenses in the NFL. And then it's and, and then whenever they're 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 moving, I hear it's it's Ben calling the plays. He's the reason for for success. And then with Randy Feekner, same thing. Randy Feekner originally comes out. I love the horizontal aspect to the offense that he brought in. He forced Ben to 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 check it down a little bit more, take the plays that are in front of him, let his play be playmakers with the ball in their hands. Uh, but then when things started to go sour, it was oh, Randy features a bad coordinator. And when things started to pick up after they went sour, it was Ben's calling the plays. And here we are with the same situation. I'm here to tell you it's not always that simple. Now, there may be times where Ben steps in and says, hey, we're going to run this. And I guarantee that does happen sometimes, but it's not a thing where it's like, hey, Matt Canada, go sit and timeout over there. Sit up, sit up, sit on there with a dunce cap. We're letting Ben call all the plays from now on. You're just a figurehead. It's not always like, it's, it's, it's not like that. There are going to be some plays where it's like, hey, Ben, you have the liberty right here because we need to move and we trust you. But to me, that's part of the issue here is that the, the Steel, I think Steelers fans, Try to, uh, you know, I wrote about this on dkpittsburghsports.com in my live cues that I did Monday. Um, you know, a fan asked, a fan asked me, like, you know, why is it that uh, offensive coordinators are always blamed in Pittsburgh? And and I get it. Fans do not want to heap on their heroes, and their heroes are the guys that make plays on the field. Ben Roethlisberger is. If you're a if you're a Pittsburgh sports fan, if you're a Steelers fan, Ben Roethlisberger's been a hero to to the city of Pittsburgh and in, in the sports department for. 15 16 years now i mean even his first year he didn't lose a game until he played the patriots in the playoffs His second year he wins the super bowl then he wins you another one a few years after that and he's been a, a hall of fame a first ballot hall of fame quarterback for the you know almost two decades i get it you don't want to go after that guy because he's your boy and that's again why well, I'm not—I don't call him wash. I don't do that. I pay his respect. But when he makes mistakes, you got to call it out. But it's much easier for fans to call out the coordinator who they don't—most of you don't know who Matt Canada is. You don't care who Matt Canada is. He's just a guy with a with a nameplate that says offensive coordinator. And you're like, okay, if things go great, awesome—you'll you, do that. But if things go bad, you go right to him. It's the same thing for a lot of people with Mike Tomlin. If you don't like Mike Tomlin, you're out there. You're attacking him. But it's not, and, I, and I'm not going to say that that's just Steelers fans. I see this across all fandoms. When I was in college, I I was uh, in, in Eagles country, and trust me, there was all sorts of hoopla over Andy Reid and all this other stuff. And as soon as Andy Reid left, they had one year of chip of uh, Chip Kelly, and they saw, okay, we made a mistake. And now Andy Reid's out here when it when it got a Super Bowl with the Chiefs, and he's you know getting him trying to get him another one. But the point is, is with, um. With 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 Matt Canada, there are issues. Now here is where I think the real issue is. When it comes to their chemistry, I don't. I think Ben is tired of being. Be, you know, I think I think he has he is has showing the physical objections to to some of the cuteness of Matt Canada's offense. And I said this in a video last week. I said that I think Matt Canada is trying to be too cute. I said it, I said it Monday um, or sun, Sunday night after the game with the you know getting in the red zone and calling four three pass plays before you kick a field goal, or getting in the red zone and calling two pass plays in a jet sweep to Chase Claypool when you've got Najee Harris. I do think he's getting too cute. But these guys have to come to some agreement where Ben's going to be comfortable enough to switch things around. Now we've, we've asked Mike Tomlin this, this question before, and he's not going to give you all the details. And that's one thing I always love, um, you know, about, you know, who has control to call plays in the offense. You know, we've asked, does Ben have control? Can Ben call whatever he wants? Can he switch whatever he wants? If he sees something and, the Steelers aren't going to give you all those answers because you know what if they did then all all the teams are going to be like okay we can key in on this and know the who's making these these calls here and then we can try to discern who's making what calls when based on when a call is made and when a po- you know what play is designed up in a certain situation and then it's easy to tell Tennessee so they're not going to give us that information they're, they might give us some more insight a little bit more insight but not to, not enough to discern who really calls what and what scenario, unless they feel they, they want to pump something up. Like if Ben does something that's crazy and you know, they want to hype something up, that's that that's another thing. But I truly think the problem here is that the the Steelers wanted to be able to run the football this year. They can at times, but they can't consistently, not with this offensive line. Kendrick Green's getting beat up too much up, up across the middle. Uh, they're down to a third string left guard who's really a, an offensive tackle that's kind of trying to be a versatile guy. Trey Turner's trying to hold up his end of the bargain. You got a rookie left tackle who's trying to figure it out. I actually think he's not doing that bad as, as people as people give him, give him uh, you know, give him complaints for. I also think Chakuma Corfort is playing solidly. I wouldn't say great, but solidly. And but still, when you put that all together, you still don't have the kind of line that you want to dominate to be able to run the ball when you want to run the ball and how you want to run the ball. And that kind of forces it back into the situation where it's like, Hey, this is where you could use Ben Roethlisberger because if he, you, if, he if he's on the field and he trusts, Hey, this is a situation where I think we can catch these guys in the run or, Hey, you know what? We're going to be able to beat these. We can beat these guys with the, with this uh, preset pass play that I can switch into. And again, I've been one that says that Ben, I, I say all, all offseason. This needs to be the year that Ben takes a back seat, or not a back seat, but at least gets in the passenger seat with the offense and they get they get to running the ball. Because last year, I remember I want to say it was not the Cowboys game, but it was at some point in the second half of the Steelers. No, I think it was actually the, the Ravens game. The first Ravens game when they were playing and they, they they you know they they went up early points. I saw a lot of people saying it's not Randy Feenstra calling the plays anymore. It's Ben Roethlisberger calling the plays. And. You know there was uh, there was some truth. I th- I thought like you know what maybe there's some truth that because Randy Fiedler was boys with Ben Roethlisberger again. The first ever Steelers game I covered was a road game in Cleveland, and the first thing I see when I get in through the press entrance is Ben warming up with Randy Fiedler just throwing the ball around in the hallway. That was that was his guy. But Randy Fiedler was going to yield to Ben because that was his guy. And Matt Canada don't got that rapport Ben. So I'm sure Matt Cannon is out here saying, hey, I want to run my offense the way that it's supposed to be run, the way I envision it. And when I draw these things up, I'm going to go I'm going to go this way. And Ben Roethlisberger is like, OK, I'm going to give this guy some room. But when that when, when that when this team's not succeeding in those moments and you saw like on the jet sweep to, to Claypool in the red zone, you see Ben Roethlisberger kind of look back to the sideline like, come on, man. There's serious questions there. And, and it's not just Ben. If you remember in the, the Lions game at the tie, there was one play, There was one play in our in the red zone, it was a goal to goal situation. They they passed the ball. I believe it was it was a pass to James Washington, and you see Najee Harris just look to the sideline and do like this. He's like, What, 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 what you just give me the ball? This is why you drafted me. And when you're starting to get that from your 39-year-old veteran who's been your franchise quarterback for the last 15, 16, 17 years, however many years, Ben, been, been in the league, I'm losing count. And then you're also getting it from your superstar running back a rookie. That is the opposite end of the spectrum in both situations. Maybe that says you should be giving him the ball in those situations. And also maybe it says someone needs to sit Matt Canada down and tell him to stop being too cute. I'm going to keep banging that drum. Now, again, this isn't me saying fire Matt Canada. This isn't me saying, you know, saying something crazy here. But this is me looking at the play calling, looking at the pass charting and seeing like, man, there's there's some consistency here. There's no consistency there. Maybe there's maybe there's something as to what the Steelers need to do. And I said this on the final word as well. This game, this loss to the Chargers, it can be made to mean something. If the offense actually takes a real step forward. If this was just a one time step forward for one night, it was a waste, it was a loss. This is gonna be a this is gonna be a really rough end of the season. But if this is the turning point, if this is the place where you see Ben Roethlisberger and he's and he starts playing better for the rest of the season, then you're gonna look back at this loss of the Chargers and say, hey, you know what? It, it was worth it to get that from Ben even though half the defense was dead from injuries. Because now the Steelers might have an offense again. And here's the thing. The Steelers' offensive line, of course, you know, missing Kevin Dotson. He might come back in a few weeks after he's off of IR. But maybe they're able to get back into running the ball if Ben is able to throw the ball all around the field. And when he starts doing that, defenses will back off the Chargers didn't they they, they kept trying to just take away the run because that's what they were concerned about but when Ben starts hitting like that maybe it'll open up the door for teams to back off the run and give Najee Harris the space to do what he does best but we're not done talking today we're going to still of course talk about the defense I haven't talked about the defense yet in this show we will do just that Um, But first, I got to tell you guys about bet online bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. It's almost Thursday. It's a couple days away. So you you better be sure to have your Thanksgiving food set out, but also make sure your bets are set out. For Thanksgiving. There's a ton of football games, all sorts of games that you can capitalize on head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your, your receive your 50% welcome bonus. And by using the promo code locked on that's L O C K E D O N locked on, you'll receive that 50% welcome bonus. When you sign up at bet online, it's not just football though. Bet online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing officers officers at the 2021 season at Bet Online, which is the fastest and easiest way to put on all your favorite sports, and Bet Online, where we're stuffed with deals on this Thanksgiving. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, wrapping things up now that we're you know starting to take a better look at how stuff has gone. Um, I want to take a look at this defense and I want to look at, you know, real parts of what can the Steelers do on defense other than just praying that injuries, you know, heal up and guys come back because that's a huge part of it. And I, I'm not going to hide it. You know, I said this before, you can only say next man up so many times before eventually it's just like, all right, this has to be, this has to just be known that it's a liability and you just got to start, start taking a wilder gambles. Um, first and foremost, I do think that there is a still a core in this defense that you can that you can count on to hold things together, but that string that, that's being held together is ju- is just a string, and it's not uh, it's not a bunch of strings that you're holding together. It's not a tapestry. It's not a cloth. It's not it's not a, it's not a uh, you know a quilt. It's just a simple old string right now hung between a few players, and those few players are of course Cam Hayward. I actually think Terrell Edmonds has been a big help, and Alex Highsmith, and a little bit of Joe Schobert. But they need more guys to step up. I talked about Devin Bush in the in the in the Sunday, in the Sunday going into Monday show. Talking about how, listen, Devin, baby, if you ain't going to be the guy that flies all around the field and makes the and breaks up the passes, you at least got to be the guy that flies into the pile and blows up the run plays. He hasn't done that enough. He's done that some, but not enough. Devin Bush, believe it or not, actually has the fifth most tackles on the team right now. Um the leading tackler right now is Joe Schobert with 67 behind him. is Micah Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds at 64 and 51. Of course, you don't want your, your safeties to have the most tackles. You want your defensive linemen and your linebackers to have the most tackles because usually that means you're stopping the run at a pretty good clip. But right now, Steelers stopping the run towards the bottom of the league actually right now, and that's something that you cannot accept right now. In fact, they are, I believe, the seventh worst rushing defense in the NFL, giving him 126.6 yards on the ground per game. That has to change moving forward. And this is where the challenge does go to Keith Butler because it's like, okay, you know what? You got blasted with Minka having COVID, Joe Hayden being out. Um, you know, you still haven't, you still haven't, you haven't had that dominant defensive line that you thought you'd have because those guys, were, But okay, but now, you know, now you have a week to prepare and you're going up against a divisional opponent that you've seen before. They called you out. They said you quit after the last game. There has to be a plan here to say, hey, you know what? There's some base plays here on defense. There's some base calls here on defense. We know that we can keep the play in front of us and force some tougher third down situations. And then here's some riskier plays. And it's like, hey, we'll keep the lid on the, on the defense, but we're going to try to take, take away this one thing that Joe Burrow does this week with the Bengals. While bringing pressure on him. So it takes, maybe it takes him a little bit longer to cycle through his, to his next progression. And then all of a sudden, you've got a sack or a big play on your end. But you can't get to that point on third down where you know they're passing. You can call that if you don't stuff the run. And, you know, you're going up against a, a Cincy offensive line that has talent. Since he's running back at Joe Mixon, who's definitely talented. You gotta find ways to beat to, to to beat to beat that part of this team. Make Joe Burrow have to beat you by himself. Now here's a here's a real question for you, though. Who's more important to get back this week? Is it TJ Watt? To me, it is TJ Watt, but is it is it then Minka Fitzpatrick? Because then you're also looking. You still need Joe Hayden to help keep everything on the outside locked down. When Joe Hayden's locked up, uh, is lined up on the outside. That's one spot that Minka Fitzpatrick, when he's in there, he knows he doesn't have to back up. But as I've talked about before on the show, I talked about it weeks ago, last week, and this week, as you know, on the Monday show, I said you know the reason that you haven't been seeing Minka Fitzpatrick with those ridiculous safety interception numbers that he's had in his first two years is because. He's playing the mop-up role. He's backing everyone up. The Steelers know they don't have Mike Hilton in the slot anymore. They don't have Steven Nelson outside anymore. They got to see how they feel comfortable with these dudes playing in single coverage. And if these guys aren't up, aren't up to, to, you know, to push to push people around, to be able to, to blank people in coverage, then you know, you got to make sure, hey, either you get him off the field to find somebody who does do that or you put Minka Fitzpatrick back there. But when Mink is gone, as he was in the Chargers game, it's going to put even more stress on a Trey Norwood. The more I look back at that play, that deep play at Mike Williams, then I do think that was supposed to be Trey Norwood over there. Um, Cam said it really looks like a cover two just the way that, that Cam Sutton was playing it. And if there's a cover two and there's a guy there, Trey Norwood has to be able to, to, to run with that guy. Granted, that could have exposed him for other for other things, but at least you take away the first option to force the quarterback to to cycle off of that read to another one and then hope that your pass rush gets there. That's the that's but that's the problem though right now for the Steelers. They don't have the they, they, they at least they didn't have the guys to go out there and hit hard, stuff the run, and cover the pass, and rush the passer. You had one guy in Cam Hayward who was just fighting his fighting his, his heart out. You had, you had good cornerback play from Cam Sutton. Your linebackers were eh. But that's why this defense is built around all these different people because when they all come together, they are a formidable opponent. But they can't be formidable if they don't have their players. Now, whether they'll have some new guys this week, we don't know. T.J. Watt was doing some light uh, jogging around, as we saw videotaped in last year's or last week's practices at the Steelers facility. We'll see if he is back on duty this week. Chase Claypool returned from a toe injury pretty quickly so, and you know had a pretty good showing. So maybe, maybe there's something there. But they need Joe Hayden back to help on the outside. To, so that's one spot Minka doesn't have to worry about. They need Minka to get back off the COVID list. Maybe that happens this week. But they, they especially need TJ Watt to go after the quarterback. And so that it's not just him. Because then Alex Highsmith is going to get more one-on-ones. And we saw what he could do with this past weekend with his one-on-ones. I think Alex Highsmith has the potential to be a bad man for the Steelers. I think that was why they let Melvin, Melvin Ingram go, because Melvin was you know, going to be a malcontent about not getting his time, not getting his play, not getting ahead of this second-year, third-round pick here. But it's because the Steelers, they believe that Alex Highsmith is that guy. But still, you're going to need him. You're going to need TJ. You're going to need Minka you are going to need Cam. you are going to need Joe. You're going to need all those guys on defense to make it not just a string going across the defense and put tying everyone together, but a strong rope, a strong chain that's going to keep everyone together in the big moments and to come up with the big plays and help you contain mobile quarterbacks like Justin Herbert. Because best believe both Joe, Joe Burrow, we, he, he likes to get out on you a little bit sometimes. But you know that's going to be coming with Lamar Jackson. You got to be on your A game there. We'll see what Mike Tomlin says. Don't forget Mike Tomlin speaks at noon on Tuesdays at the Steelers f- f- uh, practice facility. I will be there Be sure be, being sure to ask questions of him heading into this game. I'm sure he will give us an update on where he sees a lot of the hurt up Steelers and the Steelers on COVID. So stay tuned for that. Go check out the, the Mike Mike Tomlin Press Conference. Thank you so much for tuning into the Locked On Steelers podcast. Again, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Carter Critiques. Um, if you want to support this show, if you're enjoying this show, I try my best to give you guys the daily the dailies, just straight shooting, just giving you all what's really going on, my analysis, film review, all those type of things. Um, if you're enjoying the show, please go on YouTube, hit the like button on the YouTube channel on the YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button on the YouTube channel. Um, let us know that you're enjoying the show. If you're enjoying the show, audit aud- you know aud- on audio with uh with Spotify or Apple Podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star view with a positive comment, and you get a special shout out at the end of the show. We got one from Castile Ja 45 who says who gave us a five-star review and says good balance of analysis and fun. I'm a big sports fan, but usually find sports talk, boring and macho posturing. See exactly. That's the stuff I don't try to do and obsessed with hot takes. And you know, me, you just listen to me give you a whole bunch of straight talk and not a not a whole lot of hot takes. That's what I do here. So thank you for paying attention to this, Castillo. So my podcast, this t- this is almost all culture and history, but Locked on Steelers has me hooked with Chris's steady, energetic leadership and his rapport with excellent guests. He knows his stuff and keeps it lively and keeps my head on straight, whether the Steelers are rising or falling. That's what we try to do here, Castillo. Thank you so much for your five star review. We appreciate you. That's why we give you your shout out here on, on, on Locked on Steelers podcast. But that's that's what I try to do. I want to make sure that you guys are excited, but I also want to make sure that you're excited with the proper optimism. And then if you're down, I let you be down. But I'm also going to try and bring you back up and say, hey, this is the this is where this, this guy could turn this around. This is where this is at. And or give you perspective to say, look, you think this is bad? Guess what? We've seen this over here. So I, I'm glad that you appreciate it, Castillo. If you if you appreciate it as well out there, viewer and listener, again, if you're watching on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel. If you're listening, please leave, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast with a positive comment. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll have Tony Serino on tomorrow. Then we'll be off for Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. But we will be back on Friday with Jenna Harn with a fresh episode getting you ready for the rest of the week. So all that said, don't forget to watch the Mike at press conference. We'll have Tony and me thoughts on the Wednesday episode.